0: what up merchants so this is the third part of the five-part series ongoing this week covering the top 100 songs for season two of ulterior so part one on monday looked at songs 100 to 81 yesterday part two was for songs 80 to 61 and today part three i am detailing my choices for songs 60 to 41 so we're moving a lot closer to the upper echelon and i'm really excited to get all this out there for you guys Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this installment. Number 60 is Wilted by December When I reviewed Wilted as a single, something that I said was that when I was trying to establish Ulterior as like a blog type shit back in January 2021, uh, December had a single called In Waiting that was, in my opinion, just fucking tremendous and it was a great way for me to like really hone in on December and want to champion them any opportunity I got. And I finally got that opportunity this past year with Wilted. In my uh, opinion, Wilted is one of the coolest, like, post-hardcore throwback songs of the year. And when I say, like, post-hardcore, I don't mean, like, in the sense of, uh like, from First to Last or The Years or nothing like that. I just mean that this song has this really emotional atmosphere that was unmatched by so many of its contemporaries. And I can listen to it and get lost in, you know, the heavier moments then those moments where things quiet down. It's a lot, to me, like, older being as an ocean, just kind of without the, the spoken word bits. Just all in all, a really sick song, and I hope so fucking dearly that there is more material from December in the coming year that I can gas up on this show. Number 59 is FOMO, Board of You by The Home Team. I think the home team have been, like, unsung heroes of the scene in the last number of years. And all the way back to getting to uh, discover them off of the song She's Quiet and then moving forward. Now with FOMO, every, like, twist and turn with the home team has been worth it. And it's been a, a real fucking treat of a journey for myself. Uh, FOMO, it was cut from uh, Slow Bloom, if I remember correctly, which is crazy because I really dig this song more than some of the ones from Slow Bloom. Uh, FOMO just has, like, that... Uh, like swagger and the corkiness of the home team and just the way that the verses move like kind of carefree but it's like a really really sick flow and then you go into the chorus and the explosiveness of it without really being like so in your face it's just like uh this perfect assimilation into what the home team usually do and that kind of like I don't even know what you would call it like is it alt rock is it you know all pop is it post hardcore like whatever it actually is the home team is perfecting this craft and I think that they are the kind of band that people really should be paying more attention to and fomo is the perfect way for people to hopefully understand that number 58 is just like i do by loveless I've really, really enjoyed watching the rise of Loveless and the trajectory of that band and, and the way that they've been able to utilize social media to build themselves. And it, it's been just, you know, really, really rewarding to get to watch this all kind of from the start, well, you know, when it came to uh, covering them on Loveless 1 last year. Y'all remember Loveless 1? That shit fucking ruled. Uh, and, and so it was just like I do. And I feel like this song, it's admittedly, you know kind of cheesy, kind of corny when it comes to lyricism. Do you feel alone just like I do? Do you hate the sound of your heartbeat too? But I think the delivery of Julian is something that can make this kind of a song and any kind of endeavor partaken in by Loveless just work in a way that I wouldn't have really expected it to on paper. Um, the pacing of the verses for just like I do, it's so emotionally building and it's something that like really, really allows that chorus to just like shine in a way that maybe it wouldn't have if this was like a, you know, a more straightforward kind of rock song. But with just like I do, I think the formula loveless follow here is just perfect in my opinion. And it's for sure my favorite thing that they did all year. Number 57 is hanging out with all the wrong people by Billy talent. Yeah, I too am a little bit surprised that I'm talking about Billy Talent in 2022, but considering the quality of hanging out with all the wrong people, I think that this is very well deserved. Uh Billy Talent has always been a band that, you know, maybe they don't always do records properly in my opinion, but they will always be, you know, a couple songs on these albums that I can just like take with me and really just like put to my heart. And for myself, that's for sure what hanging out with all the wrong people was this year. Um, I-, I think this song has like this really fun, um, like structure to it. And then just the way that the chorus comes in and it just kind of reiterates that hook of hanging out with all the wrong people and the message that it's being given in the song. A- and just like, it's this kind of a track that, I think Billy Talent, whenever they go about songs in this manner, they are honestly one of the best, like, dated bands that the scene can have right now. And I don't want people to write them off just because, you know, they're an older band. I have been guilty of doing that myself with some other acts. But Billy Talent, they always manage to prove to me why they are still around to this day. And again, even if it doesn't come in the form of, like, full album packages, it coming in the form of songs like Hang Out With All The Wrong People is more than enough for myself. Number 56 is The American Dream by Memphis Mayfire. I said earlier in this series that Memphis May Fire did a lot for themselves this year to correct the course on so many of their missteps. And I really still can't believe it. I can't believe that I'm sitting here as big of a fan of Memphis May Fire in this day and age that I am. And they kind of really showed out on Remade of Misery. And in particular, this track, The American Dream. It dropped back in January. And... Like, what I want to establish to you guys is I really did used to love May Mayfire, and then just, you know, a couple of record cycles in, I was like, I-, I don't know if there's any saving this band. But a song like The American Dream, it, ju- it didn't just save them, it fucking dug up the grave, brought out the body, resuscitated it, everything. Um, I think this song is just powerful all the way through. I think it's one of the best choruses uh, Memphis Mayfire have ever been able to put out. Maddie Mullins, whether he's singing or screaming, he sounds as good as he ever has. And it's the kind of song that I can really put against any of my favorite Memphis Mayfire songs ever, like uh, The Sinner or Prove Me Right. And American Dream is going to stand ten toes down, and I fucking love that for them. Number 55 is Cardinals 2 by The Wonder Years. I think that this is one of the most emotionally gripping songs released all year by any band. And even before hearing this song, just looking at the track listing for The Home Goes On Forever and seeing Cardinals 2 and immediately knowing like, oh, fuck, it's a sequel song to Cardinals from No Closer to Heaven. That establishes connection between myself and this track immediately. And then getting to hear it and the finished product sounding every bit as just draining and painful and cathartic as I expected it to be. I think that is like, you know... Um, the mission statement if anything by the wonder years like this is what they do this is what they put out songs like cardinal 2 songs that are able to just hook me immediately like once you press play on this song and you hear soupy just kind of like you know pour his heart out when the interpretation in the background is like so faint and almost non-existent it's uh, very eerie and uncomfortable but i don't want to pull myself away from it because the cardinals 2 is just that kind of a song that it's you know has me in a fucking chokehold immediately and i I think that this was potentially you know the the calling card of anything for the wonder years this year number 54 is like a villain by bad omens So this was one of the singles for the Death of Peace of Mind, and if I didn't say this already, I think that record had as perfect of a singles rollout as you could have possibly imagine. Fuck off, car. Oh, it's a truck. It's a FedEx truck. You got my package, big dog? If you don't, then shut the fuck up and go away. Anyways, like a villain, um... I remember one of my initial, like, not really gripes or complaints, but just something that I did notice about the song was that it just immediately gets into the instrumentation. And to me, that was a little bit strange for Bad Omens, given that all of their songs that I am, like, really connected to, I associate with, like, some kind of a buildup. But then when I actually got the full record, The Death of Peace of Mind, in hand, I understood that the song that comes before it, what it costs, is actually an interlude that perfectly sets up Like a Villain. And those two songs working in unison with each other, it makes Like a Villain like just make more sense to me and mean all that more to me um i think this song has this incredible tone all throughout it that is you know really supported by noah's delivery and just how he's able to kind of like whisper somewhat in these moments and then that builds to him just kind of like laying loose in the chorus and i think it is one of the best choruses ever written by bad omens and just the kind of song that makes their rise make all the more sense to me number 53 is someplace safer by downcast I am not sure how many people actually know about Downcast or discovered them this year, but whatever the number was, it wasn't where it should have been. Downcast had a tremendous year, like really, really fucking sick, and one of the foundations of that, in my opinion, was Someplace Safer. Um, This song w- was just one of the more like really gutting and like heart pulling tracks I got to listen to this year, and it's not like slow or anything like that. It's a very, you know, like it, it fits right in with like post hardcore and that kind of stuff, but just the, the manner and the delivery and the execution of everything happening here and the way that some of these lines are delivered, it's just like so fucking cutting and it's something that like, was able to stick with me all the way from March until now. And the impact made by someplace safer never once left me. Like this is the kind of song that if it comes up on shuffle, maybe I don't feel like listening to it right away because I need to be in like a certain headspace or a mood to listen to someplace safer. Because if I'm not like where I should be for this track, it's going to fuck me up. But I really, really enjoy that about this element and everything that this song can provide for me, because while it is painful and it hurts, it's also just beautiful and artistic. And I really, really, really admire that. Number 52, is The News by Paramore. The song dropped, like, 20 minutes ago, but in that span of time, it made enough of a good impression on me that I believed that having it this high on the list does not feel out of place. And I really did not want to leave Paramore out, but I didn't feel comfortable putting This Is Why on here when I feel like that song is still growing on me. But the news, like, immediately from not even pressing play on the song, but from hearing, like, the snippets before the song actually released, I knew that the news was going to be something really, really major for myself. Um, this song, I think if it's, like, really perfectly in with what this band was doing on after laughter and even then it kind of has like this amplified attitude or this expression to it that uh, i think makes it just something really really special and remarkable um i cannot see enough about haley's delivery on that pre course and where she says turn on the news turn off the news and how she is able to just kind of just like let her voice like soar through those lines and It's just this element to her delivery that I don't think any other front man or front woman has ever had. Haley is a fucking star on this song. Everybody shines on this track. And the news is something that like really, really does so much good in making me further excited for This Is Why on February 10th. Number 51 is Control-Alt-Delete by Sleeping With Sirens. This song just exudes what I believe had been missing from Sipping Sirens on all of gossip and then certain portions of how it feels to be lost. Control-Alt-Delete just embodies attitude and aggression, and this almost like a carefree nature from Sirens, and I feel like whenever they tap into that kind of a sound, they are masterful at it. This song never once let up its energy, it's just something that I'm able to listen to and be captivated by all the way through. Every, you know, little twist and turn and sound change or whatever you want to say, like, it fits with Control-Alt-Delete so fucking well, and with with this being a heavier song on a record that is, you know, surface level not really heavy, it still does not feel out of place on complete collapse. I feel like Control Alt Delete is one of the like shining characters on that record, and it's something that I just felt like Sleeping Sirens kind of had to put out there to prove a point, and they proved beyond anything I could have expected. Number fifty is Coffin by Holding Absence. This was the Holding Absence song that was featured on the split EP with Alpha Wolf, The Lost and Longing, and this song just rips out my intestines the exact way that I need a Holding Absence song to do. This song is chilling and beautiful and just really dire all at the same time when it comes to the delivery of the subject matter and the way that Lucas is just kind of able to let his voice you know, take on whatever role I needs to to get across these lyrics. Like he can just quiet down and command your attention and then raise his voice and make you feel things that you don't even understand. You know, the hook of I found love like a nail in a coffin was something that stuck with me all throughout my uh, year. It genuinely felt like, you know, the nailing of something into my brain and I could never ever let that feeling go. And the emotions that are tied to coffin was something that just you know it it, it controlled my year more or less number 49 is separation souvenir by foreign hands I've said this before in this series and I'm going to say it again when it comes to the rising bands right now in the post hardcore revival scene foreign hands they might be them they might have the dog in them for this shit um the way that they're able to execute these nostalgic sounds while still pushing the genre forward is something that you know you can't really teach a band they just have to have it in foreign hands have it in fucking spades especially on a track like separation souvenir where i can hear you know all of those elements of post hardcore that just like really really strike me in my heart from the tone of the screams to the instrumentation the way that the guitar sound just something about that is like really really inspiring and generates this must-listen-to factor for foreign hands and all of their material, especially here on Separation Souvenir. Number 48 is the title track for Spiritual Ascension by Sharia Moore. This is a very unique song for Sharia Moore because I feel like when you listen to what they've done ever since Burn and then, you know, through Orlando, uh, A Perfect Mess of Beautiful Disaster, Sin City, all of that shit, you get this notion that Sharia Moore, they kind of like, their style is tailored to that. Uh, post-hardcore slash punk slash R&B slash alt-rock amalgamation. And then you get to the title track here from Spiritual Ascension, and all those elements are still very much still present, but they're present in a way where it's kind of masked by something way more somber sounding than what I'm used to being delivered by Sharia Moore. Spiritual Ascension, it has this almost brooding tone to it, and I feel like It gives this song a very unique character and identity compared to anything else on not just this record, but the entire discography of Sharia Moore. Um, The chorus in particular, like the way that you kind of like beyond anything else, you're only allowed a taste of what that chorus is the first time you hear it. And then later on in the track, it just blossoms in a way that paints, you know, this sun ray over the gloomy clouds that encompass this track and it's just something that i feel like could have been a misstep for more because this isn't really where their comfort zone is but they kind of showed here that they don't have to have a comfort zone they are so fucking versatile that they can make a track like this one work to perfection number 47 is playing with bad luck by set it off So, here is where I stand on Set It Off in the year 2022. Are they hooping like they used to? Largely, no. But, in comparison to where they were at on Midnight and Upside Down, yeah. I think this band made a lot of really, really good moves this year, and for myself, the biggest of said moves was Playing With Bad Luck. I was instantly captivated to this song, and instantly drawn to it, and, like, it doesn't really have, like, the flavor necessarily of classic set it off that uh was even alluring to me with this band in the first place. But it is able to capture this energy that is like kind of chill and mellow while being very anxious at the same time. And I think that anxious feeling comes from the lyrical matter and the idea presented here of, you know, literally playing with bad luck and just kind of Putting yourself in these situations that you know might not be the best, but you can't really help it because of whatever the circumstances may be, and it's all delivered in a way that is just so apropos to the effective nature of set it off, or rather, the nature of set it off whenever they're able to be effective, which you know isn't always. But on a song playing bad luck, absolutely, and everybody in the band just delivers their pieces. Cody is still to this day a fucking excellent vocalist and just an all around. Incredible display of the strengths of a band that I know has those strengths still. Number 46 is Deep Cuts by Yumi at 6 I by no means consider myself to be a Yumi at 6 merchant, but they are a band that has really been important to me for a while now. So whenever they put out something along the lines of deep cuts, it is something that is able to like bring this energy out of me, especially coming off of Sucker Punch last year, an album that I admittedly had very, very little attachment to. And I was so disappointed by that. But coming into this new era of theirs that is meant to coincide with the release of Truth Decay out on January 27th, I believe. Yeah, 27th. um, They could not have started off that cycle on a better foot than Deep Cuts. And this was their uh, like move to Rise Records, which I thought was a really interesting transition. But everything surrounding Deep Cuts is just something that I feel ignited this spark in the camp of Yumi at six because not only is the song just tremendous and has the kind of like alluring nature that I know Yumi at six can develop at any given time, but the music video was also something really, really just astonishing. And it was done by Ali Appleyard from Static Dress. And you can see his touch all over the artistic style and direction for the video. I think deep cuts just kind of showed itself to me as one of the most complete packages of any track this year and i am so excited for what is to come from yumi at six moving forward number 45 is honey on the marrow by gatherers By this point, gatherers have already perfected the craft of making some of the most eerie and dark and uncomfortable sounding songs you can find anywhere in the scene. So for them to come forward with Honey on the Marrow and have it be somehow even more fucking creepy than anything else they had done, it really, really stuck with me. And granted, this song has only been out for like three weeks at this point, but in that three week span... This song has been able to impact me more than the vast fucking majority of tracks I got to listen to this year. Honey on the Marrow, like once it's in your brain, it does not leave. And it is something that can just be really chilling and daunting so many times. and, And I can't pull myself away from it. Um, Especially later on in the song when Rich is just repeating the line... it hurts so much on the inside and the way that he's delivering it it's as if like you know a, a knife is just like repeatedly stabbing your throat and you can't do anything about it except for just take this style and this tone from honey on the marrow that is just somehow beautifully malevolent to put it lightly number 44 is the idea by black bear that boy Matthew be doing the goddamn thing again for real for real I keep saying this and I'm going to keep saying it as long as it is true in my head black bear is the most consistent artist that I have covered so far on ulterior and might just ever cover if we're being honest continuously he has this level of range and ability that I don't think shined more on a song this year than the idea. Because the idea, it shares some common ground with his fast material, sure. But I think what we saw with this track and then uh, the record and loving memory altogether was him kind of embrace something a little bit more akin to like mainstream pop punk right now. And it doesn't sound out of place at all for Black Bear. I think he takes these sounds and just really morphs them to his manner and material in a way that just furthers the legacy and the legend that I believe Black Bear has built for himself. The idea is so somber while being catchy. It's the kind of song that, you know, it, it hurts to hear, but it's also just so cathartic and it's so joyful. And it's a song that... You know, ever since I first heard it over the summer, I have not been able to put it down. I go back to the idea so fucking often. And I, I just feel like to get a song once again from Blackbear that I can say all this about, it further proves everything I've been saying about this man's consistency and the uh, amazing things that he continues to bring to all of us. Number 43 is Lights and Fire by Wolves at the Gate. This was a January single for Wolves at the Gate and I remember being at the mall the day after this released and I just had it on repeat and I could not pull myself away from Lights and Fire and Wolves at the Gate is a band who I definitely have like watched myself kind of move away from further and further throughout the last few years and I don't mean that in a bad way at all because I do still think that they can put out quality material and in the case of Lights and Fire they put out one of the best songs they have ever ever crafted. I think from the get-go, this song is just energizing and it has this real ferocious nature to it while maintaining something that is, you know, a little bit more accessible to the mainstream metalcore ear, per se. And uh, the way that this song is able to just kind of have all of these soaring moments, like the intro and then the chorus and the bridge, just so many aspects of Lights and Fire feel like... the magnum opus of wolves at the gate material in some regard i think this song really shined in a big way for wolves at the gate at a time where they needed something like that and if this ends up being like one of my favorite wolves at the gate song when all said and done i feel like there's a reason for that and this band did their fucking job this year when it came to giving me something that i can like put on a pedestal and say this is wolves at the gate in their peak form Number 42 is Hallucinate by yours truly featuring Josh Franceschi from Yumi at Six. I think this is one of the most apropos and perfect feature spots on any track all this year because yours truly, they crafted a song here with hallucinate that it doesn't really feel like Josh is coming in and like forcing his way into this kind of a song. It has some Yumi at six vibrancy to it while still being entirely belonging to yours truly. Um, Josh's verse is impeccable and it works perfectly alongside Michaela and the way that she is able to deliver every line on, not just this song, but the entire, is this why it look like EP in a manner that makes her stand out as one of the most fucking elite vocalists the scene can offer any of us today. Hallucinate is just a journey and a roller coaster that I never wanted to get off. Like this song keeps my energy all the way through. The chorus sounds more massive each time I listen to this track. And I feel like coming out of a song like Hallucinate, the growing, like, Uh, effectiveness and impactful nature of yours truly just makes all the more sense to me and this was the year where I really started to understand how fucking goaded this band is and a big part of that was the experiences I had with Hallucinate. Number 41 is Riptide by Beartooth. This is fucking nasty, man. I considered Below from last year to be one of the most disappointing albums I heard all of 2021, and I feel like each time Beartooth embark on a new record cycle, they have this tendency to put out something amazing for a single, and then the rest of the material that follows is just, you know, mid... And maybe that's what's going to happen with Riptide. Maybe this is that, you know, um, like fooling lead single that makes me believe Beartooth finally have it figured out and then ultimately they don't. But regardless of that, all I have to go off of right now for their standing is Riptide. And Riptide is one of the best songs they have ever fucking released I think this has a real claim to being one of the catchiest metalcore songs in existence. And just the way that the chorus, it comes in, and it makes no apologies for how like pop-inspired it sounds. This is Beartooth taking on a style that I would not have really expected them to make work, considering that I don't think they usually ever make their own shit work. But with Riptide, they found a way to do it. And I commend them for that, because Beartooth is a band who, like, I know how good they can be. I fucking love Disgusting. And then everything afterwards is, like, so hit or miss, definitely more misses. But Riptide, it makes me feel like this band is at the top of their game and at the top of the scene. And that's a very, very weird sensation, given how, you know, whatever I feel towards Beartooth. But with Riptide here, they've got something. They really, really do. And if they do not capitalize on Riptide and build something off of this song, that is shambolic. And I will get my jokes off about this band fumbling the bag. And that's it. Those were songs 60 to 41. We're more than halfway through this list. And I feel like we're only just like now scratching the surface when it comes to me explaining to all of you guys what this year meant to me and what i'm going to remember it as once we get into 2023 then subsequently every year following um my voice is definitely feeling the effects of this series so far so if in parts four and five i sound kind of cooked i apologize but it's all for the love of the game thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed this episode and as always for better or worse let's make a scene